Welcome to the Life Church STL podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages and inspires you. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. You guys doing well this morning? Good. You guys are, yeah. It's like, I don't know about you, but I'm excited to be here. And um, I'm ready to share a word that God, I believe, wants me to speak today, and uh, hopefully you're ready to receive it. Yeah? And again, I've just been talking about uh, those moments after Jesus' resurrection and those times that he appeared um, after that Easter moment that we celebrated a a couple of weeks ago. And, um, you know, he appeared for in different times for 40 days after his resurrection and, and into many different people. And in 1 Corinthians 15, 6, it says over two decades later, uh, it doesn't say this, but over two decades later, the Apostle Paul writes this, and he says, after that, and after that means the scripture before said that he had appeared, uh, Peter had saw him and the 12 had had seen him, and then it says, after that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep for good. They've fallen asleep for good. That means that they had died. But some had fallen asleep. But he had appeared to, you know, and I, as I'm thinking about this, that he's not just appearing and just showing himself to the 12, you know, or just to a handful of people, that, but that he showed himself to all those that, that were present and, and that wanted to, to see him. And in my life, I, I want that to be the case, that I want to see him, that I want him to reveal himself to me. And it doesn't matter who you are because there's the 500, right? There's a few people named, you know, and, and, and most of them are the ones that, that wrote these books of the Bible, but there's the 500. There's the others that really those are the you and I that we are pulled into that moment with them. And he'd appeared to so many. And so I want to talk today about the moment that he comes when Peter and a few other guys had gone out to go fishing. And in John 21, in verses 1 through 3, it says, After these things... Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And in this way, he showed himself. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. And they said, we're going with you also. Let's go. You know, I don't know if anybody out here likes fishing, but usually when somebody says, I'm going fishing, there's about five guys that say, I'm going too. 
And they went out immediately, got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. So a handful of things in here. First of all, that they went to the Sea of Tiberias, and one of the things about this is that it was in Galilee. And an important note in that is that the reason that they were there was because Jesus had told them to go to Galilee. And so I'm thinking about this, and I'm thinking about this whole moment, you know, we'll talk about like, you know, they went fishing, you know, if they're, they were like, I don't know what we should do. Like, we're not really sure, like, what to do. Sometimes they were hiding, you know, like locked doors and, and afraid, and, and they were just kind of going along, and, and Jesus told them to go to the Galilee, and they obeyed. Are we where Jesus is asking us to be? That's my first question. Because in this moment, you know, they went fishing, and it's not something that he told them to do. It was something that, that they wanted to do, whether it was like because it was more comfortable, like, hey, we're fishermen. Maybe it was because they were hungry, and they, they needed to catch some food to eat or even to sell to make some money. Because it's a different moment than, than when they were walking with Jesus and people were just providing for them all the time. Now it's not that moment. So there's many different reasons why they could be going fishing. That's not necessarily the point. But one of the main points that I'm going to get to right now is that they were where Jesus asked them to be. I want to be where he's asked me to be. And it says, Simon Peter names a couple of the other guys that were with him. And then it says, and two others of his disciples. Again, it names a couple of people by name, and then it says, and two others. I don't know about you, but I like this. I love this, actually. Because I'm going to put my name in there. Right? See, we like to think that in these stories, like, oh, well, it was just, it was this one person and, and he was so special, you know, and they talked about him by name and all this stuff. But no, 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 no. In this story, in that other scripture that I read, it was the 500 others, and now it's the two others. But we're the others. Are we going to be there in that moment? Are we going to allow him to work in us and to teach us? And that's one of the things, one of the reasons why I believe, I, first and foremost, that they and we needed to see that he was alive, risen, and well. You know, if he would have just gone to heaven, raised from the dead, gone to heaven, they wouldn't have been able to see him and walk with him. But secondly, he still had some things to teach them and to teach us. And that's why I want to put my name in here as one of the others. But Peter said, I'm going fishing. But they caught nothing. I do like to fish. I actually went on a little kayak fishing trip with a couple of guys yesterday. We did catch a couple of things. 
nothing real great. But I've been out fishing before and haven't caught anything. And it's frustrating. And people say, well, that's why it's called fishing, not catching. And I'm like, well, I'm like, I don't care what it's called. It's not fun when you don't catch a fish. But they didn't catch anything. They had been out all night. They went out there. They had spent the night fishing and hadn't caught anything. You can imagine what they were thinking. Probably the same things that I or you think whenever we're trying to do something and it doesn't work out. Why isn't this working out today? Why aren't the fish biting? Or why isn't this happening in my life the way that it should, the way that it's supposed to? Or why, you know, so many different questions and most likely very frustrated. If they were hungry, they're probably like, what are we going to do now? If they needed some money to live on for the next couple of days, again, how are we going to make it? I don't know about you, but can you, can you put yourself in there with me? And I've had some of these same thoughts many times. And they didn't catch anything. In John 21, verse 4, it says, But when the morning had come now, or had now come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, Children, have you any food? They answered him, No. I imagine probably pretty angrily as I would have if somebody asked me after my fishing trip, fishing trip and I didn't get a fish. No, we don't have any food. We can't catch any fish tonight. It's not working out for us. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. I don't know about you, but if I hadn't been catching fish the entire night and my previous title was fisherman, and somebody from the shore, not in a boat, but on the shore is like, hey, cast it on, and it said this was a little boat, like, if, if you will, just with me, just think about this. This was not some gigantic fishing boat. It even says that it was a small boat. If you cast the net on this side all night, and five feet over here, the guy from the shore, hey, if you cast the net on the other side of the boat, you'll catch a bunch of fish. I, I, it's going to be the same thing as the other side. This is not like a 4,500 foot wide boat, you know, like, or even 50 feet. 
where maybe there's some other fish over there. We're standing on the boat, and it's just like, I mean, it's casting on this side, or I don't even have to move my feet, and I cast it on that side. But he says, cast it on the other side, and you'll find some fish. And they do it. Something interesting here is that they didn't even know that it was Jesus at this moment. Because we read that they realized that after they catch some fish. Not even knowing. What does that, you know what that says to me? They were even willing to allow God to use somebody. Maybe even one of the others, you know? The other people. They didn't know that it was him. And he's yelling out, commands to them to throw it on the other side and I'm the fisherman and he's on the shore and I don't even know who you are telling me how to fish on my boat. (laughs) But in that moment, I see in this scripture that they were willing to willing to take the advice of somebody that God maybe was using. Are we willing to allow others to speak into our life? Allow others to give us some thoughts or advice about what's going on in our lives. I don't know about you, but it's it's, it's probably for all of us. Sometimes it's difficult. God, I want want you to to work this thing out in me or to change this thing in my life or, you know, like, God, teach me these things. You know, and it's like one of those jokes. It's like, well, I sent a teacher to come help you. I said, you know, when somebody's like, I prayed and asked God, they're, you know, in a flood. Have you heard that joke? Okay, yeah. God's like, I sent a boat, and you said, no, I asked God. He's going to come save me, you know. I sent a helicopter. Nope, God's going to save me. That's what we do sometimes. And he's like, I I sent a helicopter and a boat. I sent somebody to come walk alongside you and help you in this moment that you're in, to, to hold or wrap arms around you and with you to walk with you in this moment, but did you accept it? You know, no, no, I was waiting for you to show up. And he said, I did show up in that person that came. I I don't know, I don't know about you, but I just, for some reason that gets me. He's there, he knows he's there, but they don't know that it's him. He says, cast the net on the other side of your little boat. Are we willing to trust and believe even if it doesn't make sense? Right? So many times for myself, probably we all do this, it's like I'm going to try to rationalize or figure out or see if it makes sense what God is asking me to do. 
like somehow we can figure it out, but we can't figure him out. And are we willing, even if it doesn't make sense to us, to cast our net on the other side? It's going to be the same thing, God. Anybody ever said that? <laughs> it's going it's to, it's the same water there as it is over here. But he says, cast your net on the other side. You know, like I already mentioned, we, myself, Stephen Hilster, Ryan Osborne, many of you people will know these guys, Ryan Osborne and, and uh, Chris Taylor, who's a pastor of a great church. That you, don't, don't leave and go there, okay? But <laughs> in Valley Park, um, we all went on our kayaks on the big river and went fishing and, you know, it's just like, we're going to have the best time. It's going to be so much fun. And we're just going to relax and just, you know, just cast in our line out there and maybe catch some fish, hopefully catch some fish. You know, you got to wake up early in the morning and just, just want to just float down the river, right? And we get down a little ways. And around this bend... There's this like river jet boat thing that um, named Ducky that has these two guys standing next to it, and we come up to it, and actually Stephen got to it first, and he brought these walkie. This is totally not even important important in the story, but he brought walkie talkies so that we could talk to each other on our kayak. <laughs> He's like, "Hey, there's guys up here, and they're stuck." And so we get up there, we're like, we just wanted to float down the river and fish, you know? And these guys in this jet boat had run up the river and gotten stuck in shallow water. And they needed help. So we're like, eh, yes, we'll help you. But the point that I wanted to get to is, this is the funniest thing. These two guys are sitting there, and they had already worked a little bit to try to get it moved, but this thing was heavy. And so the four of us get out, and we're like, yeah, we'll help you move it. We're going to get out there and shove this thing over. And we get up there, and the first guy, guy number one, this bigger guy that uh, is on one side of the boat, he's like, yeah, if couple three of you get over there and push on that side. First of all, I was like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> Do you want two of us or three of us? <laughs> so we get over there, and, and we start pushing this boat, and we're just like trying to shove it off the rocks. And it moves once, and we try to shove it again, and it doesn't move at all. It doesn't budge. We're like, dude, it's like it, it just got like locked in. So guy two, he's like, yeah, this has got those re reverse tines on it. You know, those reverse tines, it helps it glide over the water, like in re really shallow water. I was like, apparently they're not working. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I think, yeah, maybe those things are just digging into the water. I was like, so your reverse tines that are supposed to help you glide over one inch of water didn't work, and now they're actually hindering us from pushing it off. So we're like, it's really funny because Chris Taylor is like, okay, let's go, let's do this. And, <laughs> and we push it, and then the guy's like, I'm going to need to take a break. <laughs> what? <laughs> Can we just move this boat off, somehow move it off, and not take a break? Chris is like, no, 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 we're not, no, no breaks. He's like, let's just, let's just yank that thing. Come on, let's go. Because he, he's got the rope and we're all behind it trying to push it. And, uh, and so finally we're just like, let's, let's spin that thing around. And, <laughs> and I don't know, somehow we got it, we got it out. out off this rock bar and, and help them out. And by the way, these guys were super nice, the nicest guys. But I was thinking about that story, and these guys the whole time, you know, are, are like barking commands at us and telling us all the reasons why things aren't working and what to do and all, all these things and asking to take breaks. when they got themselves in this pickle in the first place. <laughs> and I was thinking about that, and even thinking about this story here that I'm speaking about today, and, and, and thinking like, I need to apologize to God because these guys are showing me how so many times I try to tell God, I get myself into a situation I'm doing this thing, and then I'm trying to tell God how to help me out of it. I'm trying to tell him what's going on, like he doesn't know. And then I'm asking him, like, God, oh, hey, let's just, let's just relax a little bit, okay? This is a lot of hard work. And imagine that he's just like, you got yourself here and I'm going to come and walk alongside you and help you to get out. But will you stop telling me what to do? Stop telling me how you got in this mess and what's wrong with the situation because I already know those things. And get up and do it. Do what I'm asking you to do. Instead of trying to tell me what to do. Can you believe that? That whole boat story just spoke all that stuff to me. I don't know. You know, I was thinking, like, those guys were so grateful and, you know, told us we were welcome at their campfire anytime. And I was like, is it always going? But I, 
<laughs> Do you live literally on the bank of the river? I don't know. <laughs> but so many times, yeah, we're so grateful that God helps us. And that we're, not that I'm relating us to God in this story, but he comes along anyways. And he comes there and helps us out of this situation. And yeah, later on we're grateful, but what all the complaining and, and barking orders do we have in the meantime of him trying to help us out off the sandbar? But I'm just amazed in this, in this story. They didn't know it was him. They didn't know it was Jesus standing on the shore. He says, throw that net on the other side. And they did it. I, w- I want to be that willing. That willing to just throw the net. Throw the net when he asks. Even if I can't see that it's him asking in the moment. Maybe it's that person that's coming alongside me to say, hey, you could do it a different way. But be that willing to do it in that moment. And it says that they were not able to even pull in the net. I, I don't even understand it. But, you know, it's five feet over there, over here but they did what he said. And to me, what this speaks is that this is a miraculous moment. This is not just Jesus having a good idea. But that he shows up in our place. Another thing, he showed up to them when they were fishing, doing kind of what they did or what they do. That he likes to show up where we are in our situations, in our lives. They chose to go fish. And he showed up in that moment for them. He shows up. He shows up. And they couldn't pull the fish in. So in verse 7, Therefore, that disciple who Jesus loved, I love this guy. It's like, he likes to say, not his name. Or I, you know, therefore, I said to Peter, no, he said, no, that disciple that Jesus loved. He loves to say that. And I, I love it. I want to be that way too. When I'm talking to people, I'm, I want to say, that guy that Jesus loved, yeah, yeah, me. But how many of us actually feel that way? How many of us actually take that in and hold on to it. That Jesus loved us so much. Anyways, the disciple who Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. 
Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it, and plunged into the sea. But the other disciples came in a little boat. See, it was a little boat. For they were not far from land. But about 200 cubits, dragging the net with fish. They had caught so many fish, they couldn't actually even get it into the boat, into their little guy boat. I don't even know how big the, the net was. Maybe the net was too big for the little boat that they had. Maybe, they, they, maybe their eyes were that big, you know, like when you get food and you get too much because your eyes are bigger than your stomach. But they cast that net on the other side, and when he told them, and they couldn't even pull it into the boat. Peter wasn't the first one to recognize that it was Jesus, but Peter was definitely going to be the first one to get to him. And now in this, I, I want to be both of them. I, I want to be the first time to recognize when he is working in my life or when he is there with me. I also want to be the first one to get to him. When I see him over there and he said, here's where I am, here's where I want you to go, and I want to be jumping out the boat. I will swim, no matter how far it is. I don't care. I'm going to jump out of the boat. And in verse 9, then as soon as they had come to land, they saw a fire and coals there and fish laid on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish which you have just caught. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to land full of large fish, 153. And all there, though there were so many, the net was not broken. Now, look. <laughs> it says, then as soon as they had come to land, they saw fire and coals there and a fish cooking on it. I love this. When he was standing on the shore, they didn't know that it was him. And he is saying, hey, casting it out on the other side. He didn't need their fish. He already had his fish. When he's asking us to do something, asking us to change something in us or change the way that we're doing it, He's not asking it for him. It is for his benefit, but he's doing it because he knows that we need to do it. He's asking us for our benefit so that we can be and do. And they pull, they're so excited, they pull pulling this net up and I don't even know how. I mean, I guess this just speaks to how strong Peter was, you know. He's a fighter. He'll jump off the boat. He'll just go, you know. But he drags this net up onto the land, and, and they see it. They're like, he's got fish already. But I love that it says, he says, now bring some of your fish too. He doesn't need our fish, but he wants some of our fish to be a part of his meal. 
So I want what you have. I, I want what you can provide too. The things that I've asked you to do and the growth that you've had and, and the who you are now that you've allowed me to instruct you and teach you and, and, and bless you. Why don't you bring that over here and add it to this meal that I have for you? He doesn't need it, but he wants it. To me, I don't, I, don't, I don't know about you, but that makes it even more powerful to me. If he needed what I have, I feel like it would be something different, this obligation, this, this command that, like, you have to do this because I need it. That's not who he is. He's saying, I'm, I'm asking you to do this. I'm asking you to walk with me and do, be where I've asked you to be and do what I've asked you to do. Not because I can't do it myself, but because I want you to be a part of what I'm doing. I want you to be a part of, of the Great Commission. Right? That we talked about last week. I want, I want you to be a part of what I'm doing in this world, I feel like he's saying. and I, I want what you can add to the meal the flavor, the fish. You know, in, in some commentaries and different things, you know, people said it was 153 fish. It was like, maybe because they were fishermen and they always counted their fish, but, you know, some speculate that, you know, back then they believed that there was 153 species of fish and it was representation of all the species in the world or all the people in the world that would come to know him, that it was this, you know, right? They were fishers of fish, and now he was calling them to be fishers of men. Now, that's not something that we can know for sure. But the representation definitely is that with his guidance and his help and us listening to to what he's asking us to do, we can definitely do more than what we can do on our own. And that he doesn't need our effort in what we can bring, but he wants it. He wants what we can add to that great commission who we can be for him. Will you stand with me? Thanks for listening today. We pray this message encourages you. If you have any questions or you'd like to learn more about us as a church, you can always visit us online by going to lifechurchstl.com.